Welcome to the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood podcast. I am Brita Wallace, and I am so happy that you are tuning in. So make sure that you hit that plus sign in the upper right-hand corner to follow so that you can tune in for new episodes, as well as expert guest speakers coming up on the show. I have quite the lineup building, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Speaking of which, we have an amazing guest today, Laura Hernandez. Laura is the owner of Mama Systems and the mother of 10 children. Amazing, right? In just five years, she and her husband added six children to their family, three biological and three through adoption. Four of the kiddos attend public school and they homeschool five. Laura manages 20 plus appointments a week uh, for her four special needs children. She is passionate and dedicated to helping women bring more peace to their homes by designing customized systems that help a family run more smoothly and reduce a mother's daily workload. And this is Laura's specialty. So without further ado, let me introduce Laura to the show. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on with you today. Yes, I'm so excited too. I just, I love what you do and who better, I mean, to talk about this than a mom of 10, right? Especially some of your children have special needs. Um, I have a child with special needs too. So I understand what that can be like. Definitely not a four of them or 10 kids (laughs) in any fashion. 20 plus appointments a week is a lot. Um, So I definitely commend you there. I mean, that you're able to balance and manage it all, but what better, um, person than a mom of 10 to talk about how to manage your home and get more peace in your home and lives as a mom. I mean, truly that is just amazing. So Laura, in the questionnaire that you filled out for our interview, you talked about so many moms being depleted and exhausted. And I just wanted to start there today because I see this and I hear this in my coaching, uh, with my coaching clients, even in my friend groups, uh, when I'm talking to friends of mine that have young kids or kids of, you know, all different ages, um, that range, you know, from young to, you know, older teenager, whatever. Um, and even like when I'm doing market research, it's always the theme that comes up. I'm in, I'm so exhausted. I'm in survival mode. Um, I am so depleted. My, buckets are empty and I don't think I can put anything else on my plate, um, but I don't know what to take off either. And it's always something that comes up and it's such a common and important theme, right? Uh, That happens uh, when we're talking to moms all the time. So can you help mamas with this and share some practical tools or suggestions to help them lighten their load? And, And I just wanted your input on how to help them manage this in their lives. Absolutely. I think the first place we need to start is understanding why we feel that way. Right. Because so many of us are kind of, we see the side effects of it, but we have no idea how we got there. Right. And so so sorry. Um, So many of us are there and we don't know how we got there. And I think a big piece of that is that we have taken on everything. Mm-hmm. We're trying to do it all. We're trying to run a business or work full time. 
not wanting our kids to miss out on anything, not wanting to burden our kids with anything. Like we've kind of taken on this martyrdom in our home of we're doing everything all the time for all the people and we're not taking care of ourselves. And so it's a very multifaceted thing, but I think the first area where we always need to start is just assessing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I think we're often like just so done, but we're not sure how we're so done. And so if we can like step back one step and just look at all the things. I always have mamas start out with like listing out all the things that they're doing. And then what of those things gives you life? What drains you? Um, what is like just neutral that we can pass off to somebody else? And with the things that drain us, like let's start getting those things off our plate. So right. we always work on eliminating whatever we possibly can and then delegating and automating the things that are left over from there. And so that's kind of where I always start with mamas. I think delegating and building a team mentality in your home is kind of ideal um, yeah. because your people are, you guys are a team, like just as much as you are for your kids, they need to be for you too. Right. Um, not saying that they need to be serving you and that, you know, you're sitting around eating bonbons and they're delivering them to you on a platter. That's not what I'm talking about, but just right. you being the mama and the runner of the home and the manager of the home creating more of a team mentality where everyone pitches in and everyone can see past their own needs and help each other in the home. Yeah. So I love the term family contributions, which actually comes from Amy McCready. I don't know if she got it from somewhere else, but I got to give her credit because that's where I've heard it from. Um, and she's a parenting coach and, um, she talks about family contributions and I love what you said because we do that in my home and I do hear sometimes with my five-year-old it, it does bite me in the butt sometimes but I don't care it's one of those things where I'm like whatever this you know this is something that you you just take this little bit of frustration right with the good and what you're instilling because we give him responsibilities. My three-year-old even has responsibilities um they're obviously not like my five-year-old okay for instance he feeds the dogs every day. Um, and he will, if I take it, it depends on how heavy the garbage is. We, we live in a very rural area. Like if we lived on a busy street or anything, I wouldn't give him this responsibility. Obviously we have to decide what works best for us in our homes. And it's unique for each of us. Right. But he will take out the garbage. Um, and if it is too heavy and I bring it out, I'll tell him like, get a garbage bag and put it in there are things that we will ask him to do just to help out. And sometimes this is where it bites me in the butt. He'll be like, that's not my responsibility because we like give them responsibilities. And I'm like, well, I'm asking for you to pitch in. We're all a family and we have, we are a family and we all have to pitch in. And I love that you said that because it's, it is huge. You can't take on everything as a mom. Your husband should be doing things. Um, your kids should be doing things. Everybody should be doing something. And that's not to say that we should be sitting around eating bonbons, like you said, and delegating all of the things in the home to everybody else. But, and it's also not saying that we need to give our, um, like pack our kids schedules with, I don't like the word chores. I love Amy. McCready's family contributions, because that's what it is. We are a team. We are a family. We all do need to pitch in. And I feel like so many times moms take on the responsibility of doing it all around the house. And it's really impossible, right? Like it doesn't ever get done. And for me, that's something that depletes me in my life. If I have to do everything and clean up after everybody and do all of the things, I'm just like, 
I can't do this. It drains me, right? I mean, especially coming from a home. So there's 12 people in your home, right? Mm-hmm. How would that go in your home if you took on everything for everybody? Uh, I mean, it would be broken. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, I feel that way with two dogs, a bird, two kids, and a husband, and one on the way. I'm just like, I can't do everything for you people all the time. <laughs> like, it's just not. It's not feasible with everything else that you have going on. So, and I do feel like moms do feel like they have to do everything, especially if you're a stay at home mom. Um, I hear that from moms a lot. Well, my husband doesn't do the dishes or my husband doesn't do this or he won't or he won't because I'm a stay at home mom and it's my job. Have you ever asked him if he would do something to help? Because my husband is always like, if he sees that I'm stressed, That's the first question he asked me. I understand not everybody has the same husband, but he's like, how, what can I do to help you? How can I help? You know? Um, And it's good that I live with somebody and have a relationship in a marriage where we are team oriented. And that's how my family is. Um, But I do believe that you can encourage your family to be that way too. Do you think that as well, Laura? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I know that a lot of mamas have worked with, um, I think somewhere, somewhere along the way, we've gotten the idea that that's what we need to be doing. And if we've signed up to be a stay-at-home mom, then yes, it all falls on us. Right. Um, and I, I think that having those conversations with your spouse of like, what, what is important to you? What do I really need to be doing? Like, is it important to you that the house be spotless every day? Like, do I really need to be running myself ragged, trying to make that happen with some set expectation that I have that you think that I have or whatever. And you right. kind of haven't really talked about it at all. And I know that there are also a lot of mamas out there that have husbands that aren't willing to help that may be reinforcing that conversation of this is your job. Like I work all day. This is what you do. This is your job. Yeah. Um, I know how defeating that can be. Mm-hmm. And so really just assessing like what is important to you and like what what really needs to happen in your house and drawing those boundaries of like I'm gonna do what I can but I can't work to please him because when you're working to please him and he's still not satisfied and he's like I I don't know there's a lot of unhealthiness in there right and these ladies recognize um and so just drawing those boundaries really well and I, I think it's a really wonderful thing we need to probably have another conversation outside of this if that's what's going on in your home and we can i'm sure that one of us can help kind of with that dialogue and help draw those boundaries for you yeah for sure and boundaries are hard especially i mean i grew up in a generation where that wasn't a normal thing <laughs> and you know i come from a generation of women who did serve their families and serve their men and i can tell you from earning a degree in human development family studies one of the big major themes in my family studies um, textbook was how the golden era when that was popular where like really you know the thing to do was you know women stayed home they were starting to go to work not coming in here to give you a history lesson but um because it was you know during world war ii and they they did go to work when the soldiers went out and and it was they were doing that stuff as well but they were mostly stay-at-home moms and they were expected to do everything that was the time and the theme of talking about that in my textbook was the golden era is a myth 
like people were not happy then. Divorce was not widely accepted in society. So you didn't see that a lot then, but it didn't make it so families were happy. They were not. Women were not happy. They were overworked. They were overwhelmed. They were, um, they were living in survival mode and were expected to do that with a smile on their face and dinner on the table and kids that were quiet when the husband came home, right? And we have learned and hopefully have come a long way since then. I understand some families function that way too. But like Laura was saying, that's not the healthiest dynamic. We've learned that that those expectations are really unrealistic. And I think that sometimes when we lack creating those boundaries in our lives, we have unrealistic expectations of ourselves and maybe others do too. And it is a conversation that we need to have and maybe communication that hasn't been had. I think that most of the people um, growing up in today's generations now are more apt to help out. Obviously, you do have those situations like we were talking about that are still very old fashioned in that sense. But I think that we've come a long way from that um, from men too. Do you agree, Laura? I absolutely agree. And I, I like hearing you talk, I'm like the only, the only thing that's ever come out of that for me when I'm trying to do it all and trying to kind of live the Beverly, Beverly Cleaver. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. Well, I don't know if anybody knows who that is anymore. I don't know. But whenever I'm trying to like live that idealistic lifestyle where I like do everything and the house is clean and dinner's on the table and all the children are happy and healthy and wonderful. Um, I just end up being bitter. Like I'm, I'm not happy and I, I'm disgruntled. And then that flows over into everybody. And then therefore everybody else is not happy. And And what are you giving up to make that happen? Because I feel like we live in a very, very large house. And to be completely honest, I'm here all day long with mostly people gone. Um, And I'm in grad school and I have other things going on and a business and stuff. So I can't sit here and clean the house all day. I've had to put boundaries on when I get things done at home and what I'm going to do and what's important to me. There are things that I would like to see happen more (laughs) than they do. Um, But I also have to remind myself I'm in a stage of life that where I have young little kids, right? And it's impossible for me to keep up with everything in this house. Um, all the time. And that has to be okay, right? Like I've had to tell myself this has to be okay. And I do have help. My husband helps. My kids do things that they can do age appropriately. There's not a ton that they can do right now, but a few things. Um, And I lost my train of thought on where I was going with that. (laughs) But um, yeah, just like those expectations that I have for myself and, and living in a big house, like Who's, what am I giving up? That's where I was going with it. What am I giving up? If I do focus on my house being clean all the time and and living on this checklist of like all these things need to be done, I'm giving up connection and time with the people that matter to me in my life. So if I focus on cleaning the house all the time, then I'm not spending time with my children. And yeah, it's making me better because, or bitter, not better, um, because... I'm not connecting with anybody. I'm not connecting with my spouse. I'm not connecting with my kids. I'm giving up 
the relational parts of my life, even with friends or whatever, so that I can get things done and get these tasks completed. And it does make you miserable because you need that. As humans, we thrive on connection. We need that connection. So think about what you're giving up to get all those things done and to do all the things. So, and if, is it worth it? Is that worth it? Um, for me, it's not. My house is going to be super clean one day when I am an empty nester and that's all I have to do and whatever, right? Probably not because I'm going to learn to be like, well, I don't care about this as much as I used to, right? I care about doing other things. Um, but yeah, it's I'm not willing to give up that time with my kids. Sometimes I have to say, okay, the dishes have to sit here so I can get outside with my children and play with them. Um, and I'll get to it later. Right. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I I think figuring out, like having an honest conversation with yourself about like what those things are that you're willing to be okay with in your home. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, so for me, just practically, if the living room and the kitchen counters are cleaned off, I feel pretty good. And that doesn't mean like they're like the ceiling fans are dusted and everything's dusted and the windows are clean. Like, no, I mean, like things are picked up off the floor, the table's cleared off and the counter's cleared off. Yeah. I can sit down in that room and I feel like, okay, I can rest. Right. I feel like there's chaos all around me. Right. And so knowing that about me, mm-hmm. we've then delegated those chores and those things that need to happen to kiddos. So that way, when we we're doing, we do call them chores in our house, um, we are doing our five o'clock jobs or our chores. Um, that those things will be taken care of. And that's not all falling on me. Mm-hmm. We're all working together and those areas are picked up and cleaned up. So I'm not worrying about dusting things. I mean, dusting, I haven't dusted in a really long time. I'm really bad at dusting. Don't even know when, <laughs> um, but like in the very back room and like a kid's room, cause I don't go back there. It doesn't, it does not affect my, my emotional well being, And so I'm just not right. going to worry about that. So really figuring out what, what gives you life in your home and how can we even make that happen without you having to do it. Yeah. So how can the mom prioritize those things that she desires to be intentional with? Cause we're talking about that, right? We're talking about what is important to you? What are those things? Knowing those things, what do you have on your plate? What are those things that give you life? What are those things that are depleting? And what are those things that you can learn to let go? So how does, how does a mom really prioritize that in her life in in her life I can't talk today excuse me <laughs> no you're okay I feel like we're on the same page here um Good. yeah depending on the things right so when I'm looking at my list like when things have and I'm trying to revamp everything I'm just like okay we've kind of gotten into chaos mode we've fallen off the wagons let's revamp I'm writing everything out like what am I doing with my time what's a mess in the house like what do I want the house to feel like when I walk in like what do what is going to be peaceful to me as I'm sitting in my house? Really, um, this may sound like the most selfish thing in the whole world, but it's all about me. Like, I know that it's not all about me, like right. I know that, but really it's all about me. Like how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. everything oozes from me. So if I'm feeling flustered and frustrated, I'm snapping at my kids, then they get frustrated and flustered. And then they're like fighting with each other. Like it just mm-hmm. all like the same. If mama ain't happy, nobody happy. I feel like like true words have never been spoken because really it's just all about you and how how you can be at most peace in yourself and Mm -hmm. with your family is going to trickle out to everybody right absolutely so 
what do you need to feel peaceful in your home? Like, mm -hmm. even if it's just like a space, like a chair, a room, if you can create a little space just for you where you can go and deep breathe and just take some time to take care of yourself there, mm -hmm. I think that's a wonderful thing. So if you have somewhere in mind right now, like how can you either clear stuff out of there, no kids stuff around, light a candle, like put some flowers there, go get some cute little fake plants from Hobby Lobby, like whatever it is and make that space so that it's just for you. Like not, not a whole house, but I'm like, just, just a simple little something. Like if we could start there and just creating that space for you yeah, and the trickle into the rest of the house of like, okay, now what do we need to do? Like, let's eliminate some stuff in, in this space. Let's figure out how we can have the kids help pick up and creating those systems in your home. So um, like I was saying, our five o'clock jobs are kind of one of our key things in our house. And yeah. that's, we've delegated out the things that kind of set this ideal of like, Hey, if I can go to bed and the kitchen's clean, the living room's picked up and the dining room's table is cleared off and stuff is done for tomorrow. So the morning times are great. Like all of that, if all of that's done, I can go to bed, happy camper, wake up and be a happy camper too. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm not waking up to chaos. And so then from there, what needs to be done in, in that ideal world? Okay. Well, kids need to make their lunch. They need to lay out their clothes. The table needs to be cleared off. So who's going to clear off the table? Like getting real specific about each and everything right. um, for you to be able to plan, but then also for your kids to set those expectations. Mm -hmm. And when we're setting those expectations with our kids, I think that it's so important. Um, and I think this just fosters the idea of a, a team mentality in your home of like, hey, so Sam cleans up the pillows and the blankets on the floor in the living room. And that's all he's in charge of. Like if there's other stuff on the floor, he's not in charge of that but he's in charge of the pillows and blankets. And so we'll kind of go around the table and I'm like, okay, well, Sam, let's pretend like Matthew pulled out all the blankets. Whose job is it to clean them up? It's your job, you're right. That's your job, despite who made the mess. Like, right. so we don't hear the, it's not my job. I didn't make the mess. That's great. I love it. Makes it. me want to roll my eyes. Oh, I know. Snap at people. I'm like, I don't care. Just, anyway. Um, <laughs> I feel you I, there. <laughs> I think that just having like that's just part of planting those seeds and training our kids to like hey yes ma'am I'll do that that's my job that's my responsibility I got it mm -hmm. and even if you didn't make the mess right um, so I think those are really practical ways that you can just kind of start absolutely yeah so assessing big picture breaking it down a little bit and then delegating some of those things out to your people and then putting that into a rhythm or a routine mm-hmm and for the moms who are just like, it's very hard for some moms to do that because they do feel like it's their responsibility and like their kids need to be kids. This is teaching your kids lifelong responsibility. I know being a mom of soon to be three boys and you have eight boys, Laura, and I'm just going to talk about boys for a minute here. I do not want to raise men who go into this world expecting a woman to do everything for them because that has been taught in our society for a long time. I don't necessarily think that that is the case 100% today. Um, I do think we're doing a much better job about that and giving you know boys more responsibility throughout the home. Um, but I want them to be responsible for things. I want to teach them from a young age, 
that you are a team in a family and that everybody in a family pitches in and contributes. Um, and I think that that's, you know, when I worked in children's ministry and was in that environment at the church that I worked in children's ministry, they had these core values that they had on the walls. And one of like for the church, not just children's ministry, but it was, we all pitch in. We're all a family. We all pitch in. Right. And I feel like that is something like, and it's true. If you think about how a church functions, um, if you didn't have volunteers and if you didn't have people, like you have very few members of a staff, right. But it really takes everybody pitching in to make it successful and to make it run. Otherwise, it wouldn't be successful. <laughs> like you wouldn't be able to do outreach and ministry within the walls of your church or without, um, you know, out in the community if you didn't have that mentality in that environment. And um, I believe that that's how we should function in a work environment and in your home and in every environment, we all pitch in. This is how it works. If you think about a work, a work um, place, it's not one person doing everything. It's every single team member and almost every work environment that you work in, people want you to be team oriented, right? You can bring that mentality into your home too and really be that like good leader by setting a good example. And especially um, for our boys, I think it's important that, you know, I wanted to talk about that a little because as a mom who is a boy mom totally and raising men in my home, I don't want them. I want them to grow up to have a wife who does feel like my husband and I are a team, my family and I are, are a team and we, everybody contributes in our family. Whereas everything is falling on her plate. I don't want to have daughter-in-laws that feel like that and are like, I don't like my mother-in-law because she didn't teach her kids how to do these things, you know? Like, so I just, right? Like with your boys, like you want them to go into the world knowing how to do things <laughs> and yeah. to be responsible. Yeah. And I mean, your girls too, obviously. Also, yeah. Also <laughs> girls. Um, and I think sure. one of the ways that I've really been able to, to be okay with it, cause I often struggle with just like, Hey, other kids aren't necessarily doing these chores or they're not responsible for making their lunches. And I must not be a good mom. Like, so then it's like guilt on me. I must not be a good mom. So I'm not handcrafting a lunch every morning and writing a little note or something in it, you know? Um, yeah. and I think that just teaching them that ownership right and that ability that they are capable like yeah that builds into them it creates Absolutely. belonging for them in our home it also teaches them to be responsible adults like our goal is to be to work ourselves out of a job right to mm -hmm. have our kids be functioning adults and when they go off to college to not have to call us when they're having a problem or right. not have to call us when they're struggling figuring out grades in college like i i think that that is a um, ever-growing problem in our society is that kids aren't they don't know how to function without their parents I yes. continually calling back and you know mm -hmm. and so what if we could raise kids who are capable 
capable and know how to live with other people well and know how to take care of their stuff. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a bad roommate. I've had a few. And living with those people, you're like, what in the world? Like, what did you do growing up? Like, you don't know how to clean up yourself. Dishes are never put in the sink. Just very simple things. So you're like, you should know how to do this. And it was miserable to live with them. And so I want my kids to be enjoyable people for others to live with. And they're going to be living with people for the rest of their lives. So one of the things that we talk about a lot is having roommate responsibilities. And those are just your daily your daily tasks of one day you're going to be a roommate to somebody else and we want you to be a good roommate to them (laughs) i'm watching you avoid the sun i'm illuminating over here (laughs) um yeah being capable it's so huge and a lot of a lot of us as moms, we do not do this purposefully. And I don't say this shamefully at all. Nothing I say ever is shamefully. It's always so that we can work towards growing um, in our mamahood. But we do take that opportunity for our children to learn responsibility and to be capable um, or to problem solve in our homes, which I feel like are three different conversations and topics for another time. But we do, we can take that from our kids because we don't, you know, because we're, we want to serve them and we don't want to, uh, there's so many reasons why we do that, right? Mom guilt or whatever. Um, there are some things that I do make my kids do, um, that other people don't. And I feel, I have to work through that too. Like you were saying, I have to remind myself, like having my three-year-old take his plate to the kitchen and clean up, help clean up the table after dinner um, is not me being a bad mom. I shouldn't feel guilty about that. I'm teaching him to do things that he's capable of. And um, that is one thing that I work with on parents a lot because it is a thing that a lot of parents aren't doing. They're not allowing their kids to do the things that they are capable of. Um, when they're capable of them and then they wait until they're older and then they're frustrated because now our kids 10 or 12 and you're trying to give them these responsibilities and they're like I'm not going to do that and you get more of a pushback I would rather deal with that pushback of like my five-year-old be like well that's not my responsibility (laughs) I'm like well mommy's asking you to do it right now because we're a family and we all pitch in. I constantly am saying that in my home. And I'm. it is your responsibility right now because I'm asking, please do what I ask you to do. Um, and he'll be like, okay, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Most of the time he does it. Sometimes it's a little more pushback than that. But when I explain to him why I'm asking him to do it, even though he thinks it's not his responsibility, it helps him and he feels capable. And sometimes... My kids will say, I can't, especially at three, right? And five, like, I can't do that. And I'm like, you can do it. Maybe you haven't learned yet how to do it. And maybe you haven't tried, but you can, you are capable. And I always am telling them that um, because I don't want them to feel like they can't do things. I believe that you can do things if you work hard enough to do them. Maybe, you know, I'm not saying like, okay, you can be a star NFL player if you're not good at sports. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying like, give your kids these unrealistic expectations. But if that's something that they 
dream of doing, then they have to work hard for that their whole entire lives, right? Especially if maybe they're not good at it, <laughs> you know, like maybe they're not that sporty kid, but um, then I feel like they wouldn't want to play. Now I'm getting into like something different, but I do feel like sometimes we do take on those things that our kids are capable for and it is a disservice to them. Um, and I feel like we have to think about that when we're doing it. So we have to think about being more, um, is our kid capable and, and how is this, am I taking the opportunity to teach them necessary life skills and characteristics that I want them to learn by doing this for them? I think that that's really important for us to think about. So I don't think it makes me a bad mom when my three-year-old is taking his plate to the counter. Um, I think it's teaching him that this is what you are capable of right now. And you can take a few things off of the table and help um, clear the dinner table at nighttime. And he's, I can do it and like really willing. And yeah, I get pushback. But again, I would rather get that pushback while I'm molding them than when they're older and they're just like, this is something you never made me do. And now you're dealing with a teenager or a preteen who's like, it's going to be much harder then. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but it will be much more work and energy on your part and probably make you a little miserable having to try to do that if you wait. Um, but for those of you mamas who are listening too, that's not to discourage you that if you, you know, do have that preteen or teenager and you want to start these things, it might be a little more work, but it's worth it. You're still teaching them what they're capable of and giving them responsibilities. And it is important at any age um, that we start and it can be done. So, and either of us can help you with that as well. So, um, Laura, so we talked so much about I think the things that we talked about, like really help mom, um, create a peace filled home, right? Like really being intentional and what you said about like being, if mom is in a miserable mood, then everybody else is like, it's if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. It is really true. One of the things that I say a lot is that we are the hearts of our home. Um, somebody told me that like four or five years ago, and I didn't know, I'm like, what does she mean by that? Like, I don't under, and I had a very young kid, like he wasn't even a year old. And then I realized I create the atmosphere. I'm the heart. I am the one who holds it together here emotionally, um, spiritually in every way. I'm the delegator. I'm the organizer, no matter how much of a team my husband and I are right. Like it's still that is still I don't want to say like it's my job but that's really the job of a mom like because you are the heart that's that's what you are in your home and, and it's so true that your energy affects everybody else's so and you know what I just think that like my husband could care less if my house is clean the way that I do or if the curtains are straight or if the Christmas tree has ornaments, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's just like, whatever. Like, whereas I, you know, like certain things, I'm not saying any of those things steal or take from me. I was just thinking of things to come up with. Like there's things that he just like, he could care less most of the time. Like he's just like, whatever about stuff. Whereas you know, having certain areas of my home affect my energy if they're not clean. Like I like a clean kitchen. If my kitchen is not clean, 
then I'm not cooking in it or doing anything in it. It's overwhelming me. It needs to be cleaned first. So, um, yeah, I think the last thing I want to talk about is really teaching mom to be her best self and what tools and, uh, and advice you have for moms there on being her best self. Yeah. Um, hands down, it comes back to the taking care of yourself. Yeah. I know that I shared with you the self-care guide, which I think is a great tool just to kind of walk you through kind of setting up systems in place for you to be able to take care of yourself in your home. Mm -hmm. Um, but what we talk about in there is, Hey, what fills you up? Cause what fills you up may be completely different than what fills me up. Absolutely. What, what you need as a mama is completely different than what I need. And so, um, my once a month girls night out may be different than you needing to meet up with your girlfriends twice a week at a park like that. Right. Completely different. Mm -hmm. So figuring out, going back to the assessing, figuring out what you really need, what fills you up, what do you walk away from? And you're like, man, I feel good about myself. I feel more like Laura today and not a mom of 10. Like I'm me and I'm yeah. myself and I'm showing up wholeheartedly now because yeah. of X. So figuring out what that X factor is for you, how are we going to make that happen? Mm. How are we going to really prioritize that? Because really that needs to be at the forefront of all of your planning mm -hmm. and everything else kind of needs to fall in place from there. Yeah. And so if and this is one of the things that we also talk about in this little guide is just how do we ask for that from people? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we have a lot of objections that they, we think that they're going to have towards us. Like I can ask my husband if I can go out to dinner with girlfriends, but I'm sure he's going to say, da, 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 da. and we have a list of excuses that he might say in response. And so if we can kind of go to the worst case scenario, mm -hmm. so if your husband is a complete whatever, and we need to have a conversation about that. Um, but like, he's going to say, no, you don't deserve this. No, da, da, da. like, let's go to the worst case of how this yeah. is going to break down. So we need to either figure out something else, ask someone else to come watch kids while you go do this. Mm -hmm. Or you know what? What if I get the kids ready for bed and then go out? Or what if I feed them dinner first? Like, what is the main objection he has to not wanting to watch the kids at night? And how can we just do that one extra step and work out a compromise? Um, yeah, it's such an emotional thing when you're wanting to take care of yourself mm -hmm. and somebody else is not willing to come in and say, yeah, I want to help you do that. Like we, I believe that we all want to be cared for in that way mm -hmm. and be handled tenderly in that way. And if we're met with confrontation or disagreement on that, I think it makes it so much harder to be vulnerable and ask again. Absolutely. And so, yeah, just realizing that we're going into this, we know we're being vulnerable and what can we do on the on that front end? So not shutting down, not puffing up, but like, okay, well, I still feel like I need this night out. And so is there something I can do to make this happen? Is there a way that we can work this out to make this happen for me? Um, I think it's just so important. It's so important. And that may be like a once a month thing. It may be, hey, every morning I need I need 30 minutes to myself with mm -hmm. a cup and complete quiet in the house. So I need to wake up 30 minutes earlier and oh. figuring out what that is and making that a priority. Absolutely. Everything else will flow from that. Yeah, I totally agree. And 
we talk about self-care, right? And I feel like this is a topic that gets a lot of eye rolls these days because it's like all the phase. Um, when I did an interview that I was talking about earlier um, with the marriage and family therapist, she had created a term um, or she used a term that said, create space for yourself. And I was like, I love that. I promise to always give you credit for it. Um, but I'm going to steal that from you because I feel like the self-care talk people don't want to hear all the time, but it's so important. Laura is saying you, we need to put ourselves first. And I feel like it's not the common theme to do in the home is you're like, I can't put myself first when I have a baby or I can't put myself first when I have a three and a five-year-old that has needs, but like it's unique for everybody. I like to get up in the morning and I don't like to wake up, wake up to chaos. So as long as those things, like you were saying in my home are done at night that need to be done ahead of time, I feel better with waking up. I would function better if I got up a half an hour earlier than everybody else in my house. Um, I don't always do that because I'm just pregnant and tired right now, but I know that that would benefit me. And it's something that I, is a goal for me to work towards because even when everybody leaves, so in my, my excuse that I make for myself for that, because we all make excuses for ourselves, right? Is that like, okay, so like I get up, I do the routine with everybody, everybody gets out the house and then I have time to myself and I like to do my devotions and drink my coffee, but it would be so, and that works for me right now, but I know how much better it would be for me mentally if I got up before everybody else, because I've done that before many times in my life and that's what works best for me. Um, but if we're not putting ourselves first and taking care of ourselves first, then how well can we take care of anybody else? And that's the point. It's not, you know, we have this stigma in our society that if we're putting ourselves first, then we're being selfish. And it's not true. We're not saying ignore your family and do everything for you and ignore their needs and to just go and like say, hey, you guys are on your own. See you later. We're saying that in order for you to take care of others in your life, um, efficiently and successfully and where you are having that peace in your home, even if there is chaos going on, because whether you have all of the skills, knowledge, um, expert advice and tools in the world, when you have children in your home, there's going to be some amount of chaos at some time. I mean, even if most of the time you teach your kids to be a hundred percent model citizens who never fight with each other and never have a disagreement um, and nothing else is going on, right? There's no conflict, which actually is not healthy. Conflict is healthy. Um, it's how we handle it. <laughs> that is not, but even like there's going to be some sort of chaos. So if you can maintain the peace right throughout that, you have to be taking care of yourself first. It's like, putting on your mask on a plane first. You can't help anybody else if you're passed out, right? Like you need to put that on first. Um, and it's whatever it is for you. Everybody is unique and different, like Laura was saying. So 
That's some amazing advice. This has been so amazing, Laura. Thank you so much for all of your tools and tips today. There is a freebie that Laura is going to be giving all of you wonderful mamas. I have that link posted in the description of this episode. Um, and to learn more about Laura, um, her link for her website, which is mamasystems.net, will also be posted for your convenience. But you can click right on the link for that, uh, for her website or for the description of the episode. Um, and it will, or in the description of the episode, excuse me, or um, the link for the freebie, and it will bring you right there. So um, to get that. And I mean, I work to practice self care in my home and I teach it, and I still want your freebie because. Everything that I can learn and grow from, I think is amazing. And I think that we all have different ways that we can do that from each other. So even if you are already good at that, you have no idea if there's, there was a few things that you said that I'm like, oh, well, I don't normally focus on that per se. So I want to see what this is all about and add that to my self-care routine, right? Because it's a growth move and it's really, um, something that's going to help me on my journey as a mom. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm really glad to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you so much for being here, um, Laura. And again, mamas, you can get those um, links right in the description of the episode. Laura, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Um, I just adore you. And I'm just so happy that you uh, were willing to come on the show today. So thank you again. I feel the same way. Oh, good. Um, Well, until next time, mamas, take care and God bless.